0: Hello and welcome to the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan and with me as always is my man Moss. How you doing today, partner?
1: Man, I'm doing good, Ryan. I'm doing great. I can't believe I'm doing this well this deep in the season.
0: April, it's baby.
1: April. It's April, April.
0: baby. And you know what? You said earlier, I think it's time to celebrate. You want to crack a cold one?
1: Let's uh, let's crack a cold one. Oh. <laughs> no, nothing <laughs> better than a Coors lap.
0: Oh, that's right, baby. Mountain's blue still.
1: Woo! Ah. Tall boy.
0: You know what? It is great. You're right. You know, it's the final four weekend upon us. And Texas Tech is still fucking playing. Did we, I don't even know how to take it in. Did we predict this? I'll tell you what,
1: Chris. <laughs> we did. We did. What's up, we guys? We predicted a win in uh-huh. every round of the tournament so far. I know. Far. Are we... <laughs> Ryan. I mean, we could go back a few episodes. We're we like close Tech, to the scores. Has Texas Tech lost Since, uh, let uh, me check Kemp
0: let me check Kempom.
1: We we you know, we had that one little slip up against West Virginia. But we mm-hmm. but we we didn't care. We didn't even talk about that one. Every game we have talked about, we have predicted a win and we have won. We have won it's, every single one.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, Kansas CCU, mm-hmm. Iowa State, mm-hmm. every game of the tournament. Yes, sir. It's been pretty fun.
1: <laughs> it's been a great ride. <laughs> Damn. Take no L's, baby. Uh, well, well, how about we talk about that Gonzaga game? Yeah. I mean, I was there for it. It was, uh, it was pretty incredible to that get to. That is so
0: true. You lucky son of a bitch. Yep. It's it- the fact that they were playing in L.A., Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, how? tell me about the like the the atmosphere.
1: It was pretty much fate that it was supposed to happen. I wore the, the Raider Power Podcast uh sweatshirt. I um, saw that. which will be available for sale on uh the Raider Power Podcast uh Shopify page once we get that up. Um but it was awesome. I mean, there it was packed with Red Raider fans. Uh, I think there were more Red Raider fans than Gonzaga fans, even though it's on the West Coast. And uh, kind of just like, you know, I was going to say focus on the Gonzaga game, but it looks like um, there have been more tickets sold for the Final Four to Red Raiders than any other team. I saw that today. Really? I think that is shocking, especially since how close it is to Michigan. It's not shocking, man. Texas Tech, I mean, Texas Tech has a Die-hard fan base uh, with Lubbock and the surrounding areas. It, it, it's crazy how much the city supports um, Texas Tech sports programs. Um, you know, that's true. Because even thinking back to the
0: Sweet 16 last year when we went to the game in Boston, it had so many people from Lubbock. Yeah, like Not just Tech fans, people that had flown from Lubbock to yeah. Boston for the weekend. It was really... It was really impressive because I've only gone before that to Texas Tech games, you know, in Texas where you'd expect the fans to be. Mm -hmm. But to see them traveling the country to support their boys, I mean, it's just fucking great. It's a great fan base.
1: And we have gone to, you know, the neutral site games. So those those are not – you know, those aren't as packed. But, yeah, man, I was surprised. Um, You got a lot of people from Lubbock making this trip. Uh, The guys who I love – Rowdy Red, that's the name of the group. Um, who are in the bathrobes uh behind mm. the basket of every home tech game. Oh, those
0: they crack me up. And
1: and they have, you know, they have different sections. So they have one section of them that sits behind the opposing bench and chirps the other team the entire time. Um, <laughs> if you didn't know about that, makes jokes at the coaches and stuff. Um, they have organized a school wide um I guess I wouldn't say trip, but they basically have organized uh, as many uh, students to get to the game as possible. Buses, hotels, they're doing that. Uh, And and you know, it's great. Just because uh, they love the program so much, you know, they're, they're so hyped.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, the, uh, the NCAA also, if you look like the map for the seating, it's pretty cool where obviously the stadium is massive because it's a fucking football stadium. mm -hmm. But then in like each where the end zone would be basically behind the hoop, they still put two student sections on the field that's only for students of either school Oh, really? to make it seem like, yeah, to make it more of, you know, wow. more interactive for the kids.
1: Hey, any tech students out there who want to grab two tickets and send them our way? That'd be much appreciated. Um, yes. But oh yeah, my God. Yes. Back to that Gonzaga game. Um, God, I was not nervous for a second.
0: That was the thing <laughs> that was nuts about it. Like, when we were down one at half, I was I just like, I,
1: I was like, all I right, hammered this,
0: them. Is, this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I hammered them for the whole game uh, before the game started. I was just like in the whole time, honestly, like towards the end of the game when we're, you know, we're up we're, and they're never really. They're never really getting us in a spot where we're nervous, at so, least not me personally. I kind of always knew we'd make the shot, hit, make the stop. And, you know, I was in the bar uh, wishing I could have been you at the game. And all these people in Boston around me, I'm wearing my Texas Tech, you know, I'm wearing my my guns up jacket, and everyone's uh, everyone's like, oh, like you really think they can win? I was like, dude, we've we've been doing it all season. We're just gonna we're just gonna do it. We're gonna keep doing it. And everyone's like, oh, so lucky those shots going in. I was like, no. Muradi's yeah, been hitting threes like that all season all long. All
1: season long. Man. Oh, great,
0: that great, man.
1: One, that one where the clock was winding down, it was like five seconds left, and he pulls off the Culver screen and just, oh my God. Just like, sinks sinks like
0: it. Feet just 3 feet behind the 3
1: point line just cans it it was on he was like spinning on one dude i mean that was and i was i was on that side of uh of the court when it went in that was insane that was an insane bucket honestly i it was like such a blur watching it was such like dude the I two mean, things that stick out to me such are that and the good blood. game like it honestly was such a good game from yeah both it sides. really was.
0: it was great basketball
1: it was just great basketball I to mean, watch
0: there there was at certain points where like Tech would, or Tech would go down the court, you know, either Culver or Mooney would, would force, like, get a nice bucket, then go right back down the court, and Rui Hashimura would hit, like, yeah. a mid-range shot. I mean, he played great. He yeah. shot 50%, 22 points, six boards. I mean, the, the, the Gonzaga team played well. Tech was just better.
1: It was crazy. I mean, well, I think both teams, I think you could say that was probably one of the better games Gonzaga has played. Um, and I know that they probably, I think they shot like 33% from three and 45% from two, which are good numbers. I mean, they're not terrible. Um, 55 from two, 55% from two point and 27% from three. Okay. So I was a little off, but I mean, those, those are good shooting percentages, uh, especially against the number one defense. Um, the thing that we saw down the line and you know i've talked about this is that gonzaga hasn't played many close games this yeah, season yeah absolutely and when it came and tech, all they do i mean the big 12 is a grind um they've been there before so yeah. when it came to a pressure pressure situation and uh uh-oh you know gonzaga gets caught up in the pressure and they get that technical foul they i think they folded i think i think just a couple yeah. of mental errors they folded and I think it was
0: a couple of mental errors and a couple of big plays on Tech's part. Like that Tariq Owens block Oh, that, on was that disgusting. Three. And then he in... somehow catches the ball inbounds and, and gets it to a Tech player. It was incredible.
1: Yeah, that was absolutely disgusting. Um, he was out of bounds when he got the ball. and uh... Uh, He was inbounds <laughs> to the refs. And yeah. no one
0: ever viewed it, even though it was within two minutes. Which you think you would, but I'll take it.
1: He said, uh, he said in an interview um, that he knew he was out of bounds. But you play until you hear the whistle, so he kept playing, and I mean,
0: that's just good coaching.
1: Yeah, I mean that. I mean, God, they just played so good down the stretch. Um, I was very impressed with everyone. I was so impressed with Matt Mooney. I was so impressed. You know, honestly, let's give a second for Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney played a hell of a game. I think he was MVP of that game.
0: He was. I mean, seventeen points, couple of rebounds, five assists, three steals. Yeah, and not just the stats. But the big plays, like, Mooney was confident with the ball all night, hit shots when we need it. Just fucking, he played out of his mind. Great defense, too.
1: The thing is, I don't know if that's out of his mind. I just think that he just played. I think he's he's playing playing to his potential right now. Um, I actually, I read a great
0: article about Mooney and Beard, and it was both about how, like, you know, Matt Mooney and Chris Beard, they're so alike. They both, you know, had to grind to get to where they are today. Matt Mooney playing at Air Force and then South Dakota State and finally using the, you know, the graduate exemption to come play one year at Tech, get a shot at the tournament. Then Chris Beard, you know, he had to grind coaching D2, coaching D3, coaching an ABA team for one year, assistant at Tech, Little Rock, and then finally gets the head coaching gig after grinding for 20 years. And, you know, and two, three seasons, his second season, he makes lead eight. Third season, he's in the Final Four, and we're not planning on stopping now. And Mooney and Beard, they just both deserve it so much. Grind it everywhere to get where they are, I just fucking love that.
1: Dude, I love it so much, too. Did you hear the Justin Gray interview about Coach Beard on uh, SiriusXM? I did not. Okay, so Justin Gray, former basketball player from last year, um, he plays for the Bristol Flyers now, and uh, SiriusXM interviewed him, and he was part of that Tubby Smith uh, recruiting class And he said when Chris Beard brought him in, he goes, you know, he told him how he was going to coach. And then he said, well, this is the plan. And the next two, three years, we're going to be in the NCAA tournament. Yep. We're going to be in the final four and we're going to win a national championship. Two to three years. And he's done it in two years. It's come to fruition. And he's Justin Gray said when he told us that he was like, man, this dude's crazy. But (laughs) he's not. Chris Beard's not crazy, man. He did it
0: chris beard has also become a little bit of like a media darling i feel like everyone's loving him. like dude that interview he had today where, where he goes like everyone keeps saying you know coach Beard's never been to a final Four. Oh, i want people to stop saying that i've been to like 24 final four <laughs> you know i've been i've been in the hallway drinking beer but i was there
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just they just posted another one um he talked about him and uh the assistant coach um how they how they would always go to movies by themselves when no one was there, and they would go to like the ten thirty uh p m showing just like to get out of their minds and he was talking about how they were the only two people there, and the only movie that was showing was sex in the city and they, <laughs> and they usually sit next to each other, but this time they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, I have nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Sex in the City. Hey, and my daughter goes to Cornell. She's in the city. I mean, I have nothing wrong with Sex in the City, but I just don't want to sit next to another man while I'm watching it alone in a theater. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. I felt like oh. he kind of put his foot in his mouth a little bit, and then he made a joke. I mean, it, Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be a news article tomorrow, some, something about it.
0: I mean, the guy's a riot, though. Yeah, I mean, He is so funny. Yeah. I mean, the, also, the celebration video after Gonzaga when they're playing Old Town Road and Chris Beard's dancing to it and knowing the words. I fucking love it.
1: Oh, yeah. He was like, they are like, so how did you guys pick that? He goes, well, I love Texas country and it starts out country and then I don't know what it turns into, but, like, the first part is for me and the second part is for the player. I mean, he's stupid. This guy <laughs> is hilarious. Absolutely, no. the beer the yeah, him saying he's been in the final four, talking about how he just drinks beer and all then he was talking about how like the amenities of being in the final four. He was talking about how he would go and uh he would sleep in the, the bathtub with uh pillows and like he's like we fit we fit twelve people into a courtyard marriott room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like this guy this guy's story is his come-up is is unbelievable, and uh, he truly deserves a Coach of the Year, which he just got. Um,
0: yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Today, Chris Beard got Coach of the Year for the AP poll. Uh, there's 64 there voters one? in it. What's that? Is there another one? Coach yeah, of the Yeah, there's year? An a Naismith Coach of the Year at the yeah. end of the year. I don't know why there's two Player of the Year awards and two Coach of the yeah. Year awards, but there is, so whatever. Um, but Beard, 64 voters in the AP. Uh, Beard had the most by far. He had 20. The second closest was 13 uh, from uh, the coach from Houston. Oh, the Houston
1: Um, coach? Okay. Houston
0: coach, yeah. And then no one else even had double digits. There was a bunch of people with two and one. You know, Roy Williams, Coach K, they're always going to get one or two votes. But um, Mark Few, Gonzaga had three. But, yeah, Chris Beard just kind of dominated the voting just like, I mean, very much so deservedly losing six of your top eight scores from an Elite Eight team and then leading a team – to be the most dominant defense. in, this was actually a wild stat from like the Ken Palm adjusted defense. You know, that's what basically everyone in the NCAA runs off of Ken Palm stats. Um, this defense is not only the best this year, but the best defense in the past 18 years. Are you serious? It's Ken Palm was created 18 years ago. This is the lowest score for a defense that's ever happened.
1: No way.
0: Yeah, so this he's made this team literally have the best defense in the past two decades.
1: How did you? Uh, I'll talk to you about that a little later. That is uh, <laughs> that is extremely interesting. I guess you learn something here every day on the Raider Power Podcast. Maybe we should start doing a news section, man.
0: Yeah, for real. But uh, Snapple let, facts section. Snapple facts about only Texas Tech. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, we talk about the coach. We talk about the last game. Let's do a little preview for this Michigan State game. It's gonna be you know Michigan State's another physical team. They're they're definitely a, a hard nosed team. It's going to be a physical game, mm-hmm. but you know what? The matchups, uh, you know, I think they they bode to us well, and we actually have an interview coming up later in the episode where we're going to touch on that. But Chris, why don't you give me some of your keys to this game?
1: Oh boy, um, it's going to be controlling Cassius Winston. Um, he runs their office very sorry their offense very smoothly. Um, but he also can shoot the three. Um. I mean, he's the key. He's the key to the Michigan Michigan State's offense. If we can, if Mooney, uh, I mean, I guess Mooney's going to be guarding him or Culver. If they can shut him down, then Michigan State's offense becomes a lot less potent. But I mean, on the flip side, Michigan State could probably say if we shut down Jarrett Culver. Then Texas Tech's offense becomes a lot less potent. But the thing with shutting down Winston is he's their best passer as well. Our best passer is Matt Mooney. So
0: it's it's actually kind of crazy if you look at uh, the assist rate numbers. Kind of leaning in right to what you said. Uh, As of all assists for the uh, possessions for Michigan State, Cassius Winston has forty five percent of their assists. We our highest guy is yeah our highest guy is Jared Culver at twenty six. Then we got Mooney at 21, we got Moretti at 15, They're like a bunch of people with double digits. A lot of people handling the ball, kind of what you're mm-hmm. alluding to, mm-hmm. where if their offense has to run through Winston. Yeah. we have a bunch of sets we can run through.
1: Yeah, and Jared Culver is not the best pass. I said best passer. Matt Mooney is yeah. definitely the best passer on the team. I don't yeah, think- but
0: that just shows that we can run the offense through yeah. more than one yeah, person. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We are, Yeah, the motion offense can run through a series of people. Unlike Michigan State's offense that has to run through Cassius Winston, and he, I think he's probably their biggest. What, what what's the percentage of points that he gives for Michigan State's offense? I feel like he's the biggest contributor of points as well. Um, uh,
0: yeah, so I just, mean, yeah, he's, he's definitely their leading point getter by so, far.
1: So we've done this before. A star player, we can shut them down with our offense. Okay, uh, so that's that's our, my number one biggest key: offensive rebounds. That's going to be huge. Uh, In the Duke game, Michigan State uh, really dominated on the boards and uh, turnovers, right? So Michigan State against Duke, I believe, had seven turnovers for the game. I think Duke had like 18 or 19 turnovers. Um, But Michigan State is not known for making the other team turn over the ball. Duke was just sloppy in that one. Uh, Our defense is known for getting turnovers, Matt Mooney gets a lot of steals, and they can tur- we can make the other team turn over the ball. So, but but Michigan State doesn't make the offense turn over the ball. So it's going to be just making sure that we keep our turnover uh, ratio down, and we cause more turnovers on defense, and then get quick points in in transition. Um, and then I guess just you know being more physical than uh, Michigan State, which is going to be very difficult. But, yeah, I mean, the keys to the game are just going to be offensive rebounds, shutting down Cassius Winston, and uh, making, I guess, making big plays. and Big plays, turn in the turnovers, turnovers, turning the points. Man, this game is yeah. going to be good, bro. This is going to be a yeah. good game. Um, yeah,
0: if I could cut, touch on a couple of those key points that you were yeah, saying. Yeah, hop in there, bro. I, 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 I think that on some on of that, that builds off of Cassius Winston <laughs> shutting him down, which I think is the key to halting their offense The next part behind Cassius Winston, you know, they have – they basically start a bunch of big wings. They don't really have a true center, um, but they do have a couple of big wings that really only play in the paint, and they're their next two highest point scorers, who's going to be Nick Ward and Xavier Tillman. Mm. Uh, Neither of these guys shoot the three. I mean they don't even really attempt them, but they also don't shoot the three well. And when Cassius Winston can't really get the ball going – They, a lot of times I like to feed Nick Ward Mm -hmm. and Nick Ward, you know, he is wearing a brace on one of his hands and he has said, it kind of makes the ball feel weird. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's a little bit, a little bit sloppier than usual, but being able to stop him and Tillman, which I think, you know, our paint defense is one of the, is is incredible. I mean, we're against two point field goals. We're number three in the country or no number number. Yeah. Number three in the country. And that's because of guys like Odia and Tariq Owens, oh, and Culver can get down the paint. You know, brandon has got a big enough bodied corfew. He gets blocks. So I, I'm not afraid of their paint offense. I know that we're we're known for suffocating, collapsing when we need to. So I think if you shut down Cassius Winston, it also makes them have to go to the paint, and Texas Tech does not let up points in the paint.
1: Cassius Winston's going to be the smallest player on the court. Yeah, well. he's the smallest. Yeah, by
0: God, far. Smaller than everybody on Tech.
1: He's two inches shorter than Matt Mooney.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mooney's going to be the guy that's going to be tasked with guarding him for the majority of the game. I'm sure we'll see a little bit of Moretti and a little bit of Kyler Edwards, it, and switches can always happen, but it's going to be Mooney tasked with him, shutting him down. So basically, I, I think another big key is making sure our guys don't get in foul trouble. Mm. If if we get in foul trouble, then it's going to be a whole lot harder to control Cassius Winston and the rest of that offense. But uh, I think if we can avoid foul trouble and shut him down, You know, I think that's going to be huge. And offensive rebounds, that's a great point. Michigan State's one of the best teams in the country at getting offensive rebounds, so we got to box out.
1: Yeah, uh, we can't have Odiasi in foul trouble like he did in that Gonzaga game. We need to have – he needs to have a game like he did against uh, Northern Kentucky. Or no, Buffalo. Buffalo is really when he exploded. Oh, Uh, yeah, that
0: game was beautiful. um, But kind of going towards that turnover stuff too. Yeah. When, like, we play Gonzaga, like we force. 16 turnovers on Gonzaga Mm -hmm. they were the number 14 team at not turning the ball over I know that
1: was one of the things I was nervous about was that one of our strengths is also one of their strengths
0: yeah so I think you're right I think you know we we control the offensive rebounds we shut down Winston which will shut down the rest of the offense we'll win the turnover bottle and you're right I think we got this man this team's tough enough we've done it we've been playing good all year the defense can shut them down and you know the offense has been playing great all tournament I, I think we got this
1: yeah, man, I think so too. And I think I know someone that also has some great insight on this game. Uh, let's get that special guest in here, Evan Johnson. Let's get him on yeah. the line. Let's get him on the line. Uh, we got Evan Johnson on the line. Uh, probably uh, second to none, Texas Tech basketball and just te- Texas Tech sports uh, biggest fan. Uh, how you doing, man? Where you doing? Where are you right now?
2: Doing well, Chris. Denver, Colorado here. Just did a little work event. Had to step outside and talk a little Texas Tech
1: basketball for my boys. Made uh, history this weekend. Oh, I love Gotta that. Get after it. Yeah. When are you? Uh, when are you heading up to uh, Minnesota? I'm headed
2: up tomorrow afternoon. So, man, it's been a long week. I'll tell you what. I yeah.
0: So, uh, what do you think about that first game? The
1: matchups. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the first game?
2: Man, you know, <clears throat> I know this is what I've said the entire postseason, but we're going to have to play really well. Um, I think personally, and I don't want to jinx, jinx us at all, but the most the most scary matchup to me in the entire tournament so far has been Gonzaga, for sure. Um, you know, I know that we're the number one uh, rated defense and their offense is so potent, but um, they, they were just a scary matchup, and I think that, Michigan State plays really tough, really physical, but I uh, I really have confidence in our defense to be able to keep up with Michigan State a little more than I thought about Gonzaga. Obviously, you know, we pulled it out against Gonzaga, but, you know, I think that it's going to come down to toughness and uh, kind of grit for the game with Michigan State as opposed to uh, defense being able to keep up. I
1: think they'll pull their weight. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you've been listening to our podcast.
0: Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree with you more when it comes to the matchup. I mean, with Gonzaga, you had to be afraid of those big like forwards down low. See if our if you know, our guys were big enough to hold Rui Hachimura in that, but Michigan State can really only score from Cassius Winston. Uh I'm not afraid of our perimeter defense getting uh, beat at all. So if they want to shoot threes all day, feel free. If one guy wants to dribble the ball, we're just going to swarm him. I think the matchup is great. I love the first game. Well,
2: uh, I could not agree with you more. You know, you you look at Rui hachimura and he's just such a big physical player that he's a tough matchup for anybody in the country then you look like at yeah, a guy like cassius I and mean, he can score the ball don't get me wrong but you know just about all five of the guys on the court for tech will be able to match up with him well you know he's not the physical specimen that rory was so when it comes down to impact players michigan state versus gonzaga you know, I think we have the edge over Michigan
1: State in that in that regard. Yeah, I would agree with you, Evan. Uh, what? Let's uh, let's get a word here on the prediction uh, of the score for the game.
2: You know, I, I never like jinx enough, so I, I'm not going to
1: give final numbers. But okay, okay, say, don't give I'm me a, don't give me play the play. number. Give me the keys. The three keys to the game.
2: Yeah, number one key overall is going to be it's going to be toughness. You know, we uh, and and with that, I would kind of loop that in to crashing the boards. Um, we got to we got to have We're a absolutely. big game from all five um, on on defensive rebounds as well as offensive. We got we got to get after. It. Number two, Norris Zodiase is got to have a big game. He's got to play well. He's got to play like he did against Buffalo and like he did against Michigan State. Um, he's got to overpower those those teams. And number three is patience. I think that if we get into our rhythm and run our motion offense, we don't try to push things too fast. We kind of settle into our own rhythm, that that's going to be a key to the game. And you asked for a final score. I'm saying Tech
1: by five. Tech by five. You heard it here first. Uh, thanks, Evan, so much for joining the, the podcast. Do you have anything to say to the fans out there? Man,
2: we've made history... You know, earlier today, Coach Beard won National Coach of the Year well-deserved. Let's go. It's, it's an exciting time for Texas Tech. You know, Chris, as you know, I've been a fan as soon as I could form thoughts growing up in Lubbock, Texas. I have a strong feeling that this is the first of
1: hopefully many appearances deep into the postseason for Texas Tech. Uh, it comes up. Let's get after it. Wreck him, baby. Comes up, up, baby. Woo! All right, Evan. Talk Thanks, to you later. You know, I'll see you in Minnesota. Thank you. All right. We'll see you there,
0: guys. Thank you. Bye. All right. Let's just say thanks to Evan for that great interview. You know, it's always great to get a local on, especially when we're going to the Final Four. He had such passion for the team, too. It was great. Great stuff.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Evan, seriously, for that. We've been trying to get him on uh, for a while. One of the biggest Tech fans I know. He'll be in uh, Minneapolis for the game uh, for both games, and we will be there for the finals. Um, Yes, we will. But, yeah, Ryan, uh, great points from Evan. Um, Moving forward, what do you think this game uh, ends up being?
0: All right, so I think we're going to see another classic Tech defensive battle. Uh, I think Michigan State's going to end up with 63 points, and Tech is going to be at 69. 69 to 63. Wow. That's a good
1: prediction. Uh, I'm thinking a little differently, man. Let's hear it. I'm thinking this game is a blowout. Oh, de- I had the same feeling uh, when we played Michigan that this game was going to be overhyped um, on the opposing side. I think people have been sleeping in the media on Texas Tech. Um, the Michigan game, they were talking about how great the defense is for Michigan and how Texas Tech's defense was good. And I think they were kept saying number two versus number one defense. Um but people didn't understand, like on a scale you could say, okay, here's the number two defense and here's the number one defense, and I think we've talked about or you talked about this how this has been the not the best defense in the past 18 years. So on a sliding scale, this could really be like the negative. If we were going from you know two one zero negative numbers, this could really be like the negative ten defense just saying how much better they are than michigan and i don't think michigan state's offense is good enough to compete with texas tech's defense i think it's a blowout ryan and i think texas tech's defense makes uh michigan state uh speed up the game try to get more points in the second half i see texas tech winning 72 to 58
0: i fucking love it my man i Mm -hmm. fucking love it Mm uh well you know what chris I think that'll just about wrap us up for today. Wow. I will see you in Minnesota on Sunday.
1: Let's do it, man. Guns up, baby.
0: Yeah, I'm Ryan. And I'm Chris. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up,
1: baby. Guns up, baby.
0: Woo!